Why didn't you tell me Chloe was an informer? We thought it would be safer if you didn't know. Safer? Well, she was caught, wasn't she? And now they've taken her away. Oh, no. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. And I'm next. They're going to take me, too. Calm down, sweetie. That's not true. You don't know that. Look, Patsy, please. Don't give up. We need you now more than ever. I don't care what you need. Find someone else to be your spy. Listen, there are so few of us who are willing and strong enough to take on the Chosen. That's right. You could do it, Patsy. You know you can. So welcome to Series 3, Episode 13 of Conversational League Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. Colin. What up? Matt. Hi, everyone. And our special guest podcaster for today, Patsy. Hi. We have episode notes done by Matt and myself. Before we jump into the episode, we're going to shine the spotlight on our guest and just find out a little bit about them before we jump in. So, Patsy, I'm going to grill you for a little bit. Um, let's start with the easy, an easy question. Who's your best or worst characters in the tribe? Uh, my favourites are Patsy, Trudy. Not Dal. Uh, <laughs> leave her alone. <laughs> she uh, just started. Sorry. Okay, I'm out of here. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of um, of Joe mm. and um, I'm not really liking Tysan. Sorry. No, that's my cue to exit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lance, you can I, edit that, right? <laughs> I get to stay here. Okay, um, and who are your best or worst couples in the show? Ooh, that's a hard one because I liked Bray and Danny a bit, but my favourite couple is a non-existent one, so I don't really have a favourite one. <laughs> okay, who's, who's your couple that never was? Uh, Patsy and KC, of course. Ah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a popular one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i never heard of that before. You haven't? No. <sighs> it's, uh... it's like the pairing that never happened, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, alright. They're, they're adorable. They are. I have to boo you about Danny and Bray, though. But <laughs> <laughs> I know, most people do. <laughs> but um, I don't like Bray and Amber. I'm sorry. I just don't. Now I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Lance. I'm just, I'm just taking the piss. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine. Most people like the two with someone else is fine. Okay, uh, yeah, this is quite a telling question. Um, what's your favourite and worst series? My favourite series is the second season. Uh, I don't really like season four because so many of the original mall rats are gone. Yeah. And they add in so many strangers. So no, I don't like season four and I love season two. She can be in the club now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite storyline? Brady's kidnapping and uh, the transition into the Chosen. Mm. I would love love to have seen more of the Chosen to get to know more about them, to see more of their different ceremonies, the the different kind of members, and what kind of parts they did. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we only get yeah, like little glimpses into the ceremonies and the different colored robes were briefly shown, and yeah, we, we definitely should have got more intricate detail about them. Yeah. They have such a great setup, and then they just become a plot device yeah. in season three. It would have been great to see more of them. I absolutely agree on that one. They shouldn't have taken a- 
They should, should not have gotten rid of the Chosen so quickly. They should have just removed the entire Technos and continued the Chosen story. Would have loved to, to have seen the return of Jaffa. So. Mm. Or at least made the, um, the breakdown of the Chosen not so simple as cutting the head off the snake. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I had definitely had a Independence Day vibe to it. Just blow up the mothership and now we don't have to worry about it anymore. And True. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you have a worst storyline in the show? Worst storyline? <laughs> the Technos? <laughs> <laughs> that counts. That's fine. <laughs> At least you didn't say Amber's Resurrection, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> Probably close second verse. <laughs> no, no, there are many think about other worse ones. There, there are plenty of other worse ones that can go to the top. <laughs> and all the sudden deaths that, like, die. I didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite tribe song? Uh, Abu Messiah and The Dream Must Stay Alive. I can't make up my mind. Good choices, good choices. Uh, yeah, tribe styles. Uh, do you have a favorite look of a certain character, and what's your worst look on a character? Um, my favorite, uh, the dub- uh, Pettis outfit and the double wedding in season two, the zebra outfit. Mm. Mm. And Trudy's purple outfit in season four and five. Oh, yes, that one is yeah. killer. Mm-hmm. I think those two are my favorites, and... I love pink, so I have to say Gal's outfit. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a very adorable. Yeah, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Worst outfit? I'm not entirely sure. But, like, when the kids in season one had, like, they had something on their hair. <laughs> it was just a mess. I'm not sure if you know which, what I'm talking about. Uh, Zoot's funeral? No, uh... No, I like they had like this squares on their face and something just put on their top the top of their heads. They yeah. had quite a few awful outfits. <laughs> <laughs> they went through a phase of questionable uh, style yeah. for kids. <laughs> yeah, no parents to guide them, <laughs> and a bunch of weird teenagers to look after them. Can blame the girls. Mm, they were experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it gets worse when they have those triangle pointy cones coming out of their heads and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. Didn't like the Pokemon look? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Alright, so let's jump into the episode. It's a series for episode 13. The screenplay was done by Carrie Rose. It was directed by Janet Stubbins and the episode synopsis was read out by Patsy. Bray is despondent of after Amber's departure. While in the mall, Tyson tries to make the Guardian see a different point of view, and the spying game becomes increasingly dangerous for Patsy and Chloe. So May digs for information after hearing that Patsy is upset, and Trudy explains to her that it's because Chloe was caught spying and has been sent to the mines. I mean, panel, that was quite surprising, because we have just lost Dow and we've just been informed that um, Chloe's disappeared and it's all off screen yeah what are your thoughts and why do you think it was handled this way I think it was unexpected like with Dal they knew Ashworth was leaving so they were able to make a big production out of his death his evening the show I have a feeling that they didn't know that the actress playing Chloe something happened 
and she couldn't be there because I don't understand why you would have her disappear without even a single scene showing her spying or getting caught or even being taken away. This definitely felt like a Paul situation. Yeah, I agree. That That is how it felt. It was just so sudden, but it does give it that extra creepy vibe. You know, that one second she's here, the next second she's not. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, I never assumed we would not see Chloe again for a long time. You know, I, I, in this episode, especially at the beginning, I still had hope that we would get a glimpse of where they had sent Chloe. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of sudden, like something you don't expect to happen. Not that quickly after Dal died. Mm-hmm. So do we know officially what happened to the actress? Because I've heard rumors, but I'm I'm not too sure if it's like the same rumors that everyone else has heard. For this season, no. No, for yeah, for no. this point in time, I have no idea. Yeah, very weird. Um I love Patsy and I think of all the random like just characters just disappearing out of the blue. I think this one affected me the most because I felt that Patsy had one of the most biggest potentials to to become a great character i agree yeah yeah um so yeah this this one hurt and i don't know why they well i heard a rumor that her agent wanted (laughs) wanted her to get more money and they said no so they just they just totally just fired her but i don't know how how much truth there is to that do you think they should have filmed a little tiny scene just to make it work like they could have just had a little stunt double to show being dragged away just a quick glimpse like or do you, do you like it open-ended like this it's a bit strange that they didn't isn't it because it's not like she doesn't come back later in the mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. but yeah so clearly something happened but yeah no it was, it was odd very surprising preferred them finding something to film like you mentioned a stunt double or anything. You don't have to show her face. Um, but I do think Sabine is on to something. The fact that Chloe could disappear so suddenly, no warning. We don't even get to see what happened. We only get to hear about it in the aftermath. Does add a creepiness and uh, a level to the danger. Mm. Um, it's like they made her no longer exist just like that. You know, there's no fanfare. And after getting such a goodbye to Dal and, you know, getting a chance to process his loss or Chloe to just blink out of existence, there is something very unsettling about that. Um, So there could be some merit to, you know, the way they did it. I don't like the reaction characters have to it, but um, yeah, it could have been really good if the characters had reacted more appropriately yeah they should have at least been more scared it's a bit odd that i that they didn't react like they lost someone they've known since the virus started and no one cares except for patsy and casey they're the only two who Mm. care like celine should have should have reacted she was like a mother to chloe and she didn't say anything yeah that's the one that bothered me most, actually. I agree on that. That's oh, you're right. Yeah, for Celine to just accept it and and not even say anything, not even be whiny to Ryan about it or anything at all, or Ryan not having a big response to it. It's it's odd. Ryan not having a response to it is the worst. I think 
more than even Alice, because Alice makes me so angry in this episode. But Ryan having no response to his mm-hmm. adopted daughter. Yeah. He, he crawled through a barn to get her a rat just to put a smile on her face. He loved that little girl. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. to even care to see that she got taken away. Why? Because she was still being a mall rat, you know, and trying to help you guys any way she could. And you don't, you can't raise an eyebrow? Nothing? We don't really see much of Ryan, though, this episode, do we? Yeah, we see him here and there, but it's... Mm. Why on earth, if Ryan didn't know that she was spying, why on earth didn't he get mad at Alice? Yeah. And the other way around, if he didn't know, why on earth was he okay with Chloe taking that risk? And with now Patsy taking a risk? It's obvious he didn't know, but so that means he should have been upset when he found out, mm-hmm. you know, um... He should be furious with them for not telling him and for them to allow the girl to take such a part. They should have taken the part themselves. Yeah. I I wonder if they even told Ryan why Chloe was taken away. Either way. Tim? He should have had a reaction to knowing Chloe got taken away. Because it clearly was not a well-kept secret. Everybody knew that she got taken away because she was doing something she wasn't supposed to. Mm -hmm. And... That would be enough for you to realize, oh, Chloe was spying. She was trying Mm -hmm. to bring these guys down, trying to get information. And you don't have to know why she was spying. You don't need to know that Alice and Ellie put her up to it. All you need to know is that this child you cared about was trying to help you in some way. And this is what happened to her and have a reaction to that. And it's strange to me that Patsy and Casey are the only ones who care. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest problem is how the show keeps lingering these disappearances of these characters, they make it feel like they're going to come back any other episode. And it's just, I don't know. I I don't like it. It's the zoot syndrome. It's the Amber syndrome, getting rid of a character permanently and then realizing all the wasted potential, realizing after the fact, what you could have done with that character, how much the fans enjoyed them and would have liked to see more of them. They stop committing to it. They stop committing unless the actor literally leaves the show. And even then, they don't want to commit to it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. These writers, and especially the creators, they have to know that sometimes less is more. When you do less for a character and you you kill them off or they go off in the sunset, um, sometimes it can be a lot better for the show. I mean, and yeah, in, in this scene, we have to talk about it. Like Trudy's seriously creepy brainwashing moment that happens with May. Um, well, yeah, what did you make of that panel? It definitely speaks. To, it made sense to me. It's like I figured that's you know where she has to go. Like I always love that way she just kind of wargs out of herself once again, disassociating, and it's but it's so honest. There, like what she says, there was no fear. It was inevitable. You know, after being pushed down so hard, being abused, being having her child used against her, being held captive, and having to deal with Java's, Java's abuse, yeah, it was inevitable. There was no fighting. That's where he broke her, you know? Um, and Antonia's acting is just really good and creepy. Um, the only thing about the scene that throws me off is May's confusion. I, it doesn't make sense to me that May should be confused that Trudy didn't choose the Chosen because she thought they were a good idea, but that for her there really was no other option but to join these guys because May has made the exact same decision. 
why is she confused that the same thing happened to Trudy? Yeah, it's weird because he's been told by Trudy, sure, while Trudy was undercover, why she had no choice but to play Supreme Mother. I mean, when May first joined the Mall Rats, Trudy was still pretending that she got away. And May even made comments about it, about how she must have enjoyed it. So her her confusion now is so odd and it feels like May is fully brainwashed at that point. It's like she actually believes in all the things that Chosen are saying. Because that's how she responds in my eyes, like an actual follower. Yeah, like Luke would be confused if he heard uh, Trudy saying that, but May should not be confused. May only thinks about herself, so she's probably just use it, trying to portray Trudy in a position where she has to give answers, kind of. Like, I get that. I get her using this against Trudy, being like, ooh, that's a nice bit of information I can tell. But I, her, she's genuinely confused in that moment, and I don't understand why she finds it confusing that Trudy joined because she didn't have a choice. I mean, I can understand it being, you know, maybe surprised, like, oh, I thought you liked this, but it turns out you didn't have a choice, like me and all the rest of us. But to be legit confused by it, like May. Yeah. You would have to be as, you would have to be Celine to be confused by that. Um, maybe, maybe I read the scene wrong. I, I kind of, what I kind of got from it was that um, May was kind of confused that um, Brady was, I'm sorry, Trudy was brainwashed. I think she kind of had it in her mind that Trudy was just going along with it. When she saw how kind of brainwashed she was, that kind of threw her. That's kind of how I saw it, but I don't know if that's right. Interpretation. Maybe that's mm. what it was. Mm. She's like, oh, you're really broken. I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> I thought you were just playing along, but yeah, um, you're actually <laughs> deep, yeah. <laughs> deep into yeah. it. <laughs> Weird scene. That could be. Well, she have a fair point there. Yeah, but I, th- I think so. Either way, it's, there's, there's something a bit odd about it, because I remember watching that and and sort of thinking at the end of it, oh, that, like May's reaction, and then when she goes to the garden later, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really take that from that scene. Is, is, mm-hmm. Have I like misunderstood this completely? But then even like when I watched it again, it's just I don't know. If there's maybe something that doesn't quite. I don't know if it's the delivery or what, but it's, mm, there's yeah. something that doesn't quite fit in like what Trudy's saying and what May's getting out of it. Yeah. And, and yeah, my other kind of question on that is like, do you think this was thrown in there now to kind of ease Trudy's acceptance back away from the Chosen later on? It probably was. If you don't realize this girl was a victim by now, you know what I mean? Like, maybe it was, but geez, I don't know how anyone could still be watching her and not realize. With how many people over the years? Mm have been mad at the things <laughs> that Trudy did and how they viewed it. Yes, they needed the obvious because yeah, the show does that it's do these heavy-handed reminders at times. So I think. And, and at times, in Trudy's case, it's apparently needed because <laughs> people always forget that she was brainwashed. So clearly, it needed that reminder. Probably a couple more <laughs> for it to sink in with certain people. I find that so strange about certain characters. Like, you'll have characters who do the most despicable things, but the audience is so quick to forgive them and give them a pass. 
And all you need is one little excuse, (laughs) you know, for their behavior. It's okay because their mom and dad didn't treat them very well or something bad happened to them. But then you have other characters and there's no forgiveness. There's no grace given to them Mm. for when Mm -hmm. they too, you know, have something bad happen to them and they mess up or they do something terrible. It's just like, oh, no, they're evil. They're terrible across the board. And it's like, are you serious? Mm. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, it did feel feel like a good reminder of look, this girl is really, really brainwashed. She really had no choice. It's obvious on that part. She didn't have a choice. Yeah, I guess I agree with you that maybe people who may have been watching Trudy had not picked up on this. wasn't just a matter of she didn't have a choice. That they really did scramble her brains, and they need to make that clear to you that it's not just I was going along with it because I was scared. And I was worried for my daughter, but there was more to it. They rewired the synapses, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's not in her right mind. And who can blame her for that after everything? Don't you look fabulous? Hmm. Straight out of a fashion magazine. That's not funny. Well, I don't think I'm cut out to be a spy. Look, if anyone can do this, Patsy, it's you. Yeah, but if you really don't feel, you don't have to do it. We'll find another way. No, I do. I do have to do it. Are you sure? I took Chloe. They're evil. That a girl? Yeah. um, What did you make of Patsy's fears and her eventual decision to carry on? I hate this. I hate this so much. This, like, this makes me angry. I their reaction to Alice and Ellie's reaction to one finding out that Chloe's been taken is basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. Their lack of care for Patsy's genuine and legit fear, her sense of betrayal. You put my best friend in there too, and you didn't even tell me, and now I got to find out this way now that she's gone. And this is the kind of danger you're putting me in. And their reaction to her being rightfully scared and not wanting to do it anymore. The guilt tripping. i They make me so angry. I am adding Alice to my character assassination list. Because this mm. is not Alice. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I'm with you. The reaction was awful. How can you respond that way to a child who's putting her life in danger to get you information? They don't care. All I cared about was uh, was their own safety. Like, they didn't care if Chloe got caught. They, they wouldn't care if anyone got caught as long as they were safe. Yeah, but if they didn't care about anyone, anyone else, why on earth not send KC in? Because she said they only care about themselves, and if they don't trust KC to do yeah. the job, that's why they wouldn't use him. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. For all they know, KC could just go and tell any chosen guard that he was a spy. And who sent him to be a spy. Even though he's proven he'd never do that. I I get that they don't trust him. It may not be completely fair, but I get it. It's just their lack. They're they're so callous to Patsy in this moment. And it's messed up when Ellie is the most more sensitive of the two. Yeah, I found that a bit odd. my, My brain just keeps going. Especially, well, I, I get why Alice, why Ellie is more sensitive because she realizes what happened with Jack. She blamed herself so much for what happened with Jack. Why on earth risk these two innocent girls? Yeah. So I get why it upsets Ellie because he's realizing what she's done. 
even after what happened with Jax, he put these kids in danger. But Those, Alice is oh. the more mature of the two. She's already yeah. been established that she would mm. need a Jack moment to realize the danger she was putting these kids in yeah. and to care about it. Yeah, it's a complete misdirection of her character. I don't, I don't understand it. Like she she's aware of usually what people's actions result in, and to, to <laughs> see her like just be so nonchalant about it, it's like what? <laughs> this thing that is that you've shown. No, I could I could have believed it is if Tyson responded that way. But ah, oh. yeah, I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. I hated it. And Patsy's reasons for continuing. I will not let my friend fall in vain. Like. Yeah. And Alice has the nerve to smile at her. <laughs> I want to slap the red out of her hair. It makes me so mad. I'm just like, you do not care. What's, you just you promise this little girl we won't let anything bad happen to you. And then after finding out about Chloe, you don't even have a moment to question your actions, to wonder if this is the right thing, if you should continue. It's mm. Ellie who tells Patsy she doesn't have to do it anymore if she's too afraid. Not Alice. Like, I... <laughs> it's like they completely forgot who Alice is and what she stood for. I mean, I do, yeah. I do kind of um, understand why Patsy wishes to continue in the end. Mm -hmm. She might still feel a bit of guilt for for, for, um, for helping Trudy get the Mallrats' trust when she returns after having lost Brady and gotten the fake baby back. I think she might feel a bit guilty and she wants to make chloe's memory not go to waste kind of yeah pa patsy's actions are fine it, it makes complete sense for her to do what she does says a lot about how much she's grown up you know yeah it's just the people older than her that are being insensitive jerks at a level i would expect from lex and not from the rest of them yeah it's just misplaced characterization because the plot needs to go forward, but I don't understand why you have to write Alice this way. I don't get it. I'm not sure I completely agree that it's out of character for Alice. I do think she can be like really single-minded about stuff, but also, um, like in her mind, she is like now having to take the place of Bray, basically, and kind of lead everything from within. So mm -hmm. I kind of I can see where she's coming from. I don't agree with it. I don't necessarily think it's out of character for her and also considering what she thinks she has to be doing I, I guess you do have a point there i mean if i think about when um alice first came to the mall to the mall and everything with tyson just you know to make sure her sister got the help she needed she was willing to do anything whatever it takes everyone be damned in order to get her sister healthy again and to protect her mm. But this is the same Alice who also throws her sister into the ring yeah. of fire. So I personally yeah. can't see it as this is who she is. This is, you know, in line with her. But I respect your opinion, Matt. I just, I, I just, I can't see it. But I don't, I don't think Brave would have made them spy. I think it would have said something rather than being like Alice, who's just like, continue, continue. I guess it would be easier for me to swallow if she showed any concern, remorse, or second guessing, but she never does. That's, I, maybe that's the part that's the hardest for me. Not the decision she's making to risk these kids and her sister in the future, but the fact that she just doesn't seem to care that she's risking anybody and doesn't feel anything when they pay the price 
for the risk that she talked them into taking. Mm. You know, Ellie is still feeling bad about Jack, you know, but Alice feels nothing about what just happened to Chloe, feels nothing that Patsy is afraid. The only thing she feels is, oh, no, we'll lose our spy. Come on, Patsy, you got to keep doing it. That's all. And for me, maybe that's for me. That's where it really just who are you? still strange the big contrast between season two alice and season three alice i think maybe if things were worse at the mall like if they if they would have been able to realistic because i honestly don't feel they've done a good job since the first like three episodes of showing just how stressful their captivity is then i might buy her taking the hard nose you know approach like we're in a war but (laughs) life isn't that stressful in the mall it's their captivity isn't really that bad they've stopped showing how bad it could actually be these guys are just they're just bored in the mall that's it they're just bored in the mall and so it's like the circumstances they're in aren't extreme enough for her to be this heartless about the action she has to take yes (laughs) yeah because i I can imagine that her days had at the farm than she has as a slave. I mean, we'll, we'll come to this towards the end of the episode because it, it is quite ridiculous. Like, they can... <laughs> they can sneak in a whole computer. It's just ridiculous yeah. how lax this whole imprisonment situation in the mall is. It, it doesn't work anymore. I don't know why they continue <laughs> to do it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in a little bit. Maybe you should have taken my advice. About what? About Amber. Do something stupid, remember? I didn't mean wimp out and leave brain empty field. Owen, don't believe everything you hear about me, Pride. I've got some good points. And I could be a very, very good friend. So yeah, let's talk about that. Um, what do you make of Ebony's continued efforts to get back with Bray? And then what do you think of her trying to get with Pride? Loved it. <laughs> yes, Explain. Very. Ebony. <laughs> very. Finally, a real relationship is about to develop. <laughs> I guess that's what she wants today. <laughs> she likes boys with sticks. <laughs> Her it's... decisions seem to change mid-sentence. Like, what does she want? <laughs> I... <laughs> a bit desperate, maybe. Yeah, desperate, definitely, but... <laughs> I also kind of wonder if her getting with pride would be just her tiny way of annoying Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just think about it. With a, okay, so you left this pretty boy behind. Um, well, I'll just take that one then and show you how what a great guy he is. And it would definitely bug Bray as well. <laughs> there, there's no doubt in my mind that seeing Ebony and Pride all over each other would annoy him. To be her wanting to annoy someone, she is not interested in Pride. Everything about Pride <laughs> rubs her the wrong way. You know what I mean? And his, especially his obsession with Amber will really annoy her. So I think it just is a way to annoy somebody. Like that's the only she's bored. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's bored. And, and, and honestly, right now, she's seen Pride fight Lex. You know, it's right now he's the strongest male around if she can't have Bray, and there's no way she's throwing herself at Lex. She just wants everything Amber have or ha- have had. Yeah. Today. Today she wants everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a pattern. You know, the only guy in the end 
that oh. they haven't tried to share is Zoot. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been interesting. Really, <laughs> <laughs> just about who is she trying to annoy right now? To be honest, you know, it, in in its own bubble, it's a funny Ebony moment. You know, if you just ignore everything else, in its own bubble, it's very funny Ebony mm-hmm. behavior. You know, to be like annoyed that he didn't go off with Amber, which would leave Bray free for her to continue mm-hmm. orbiting and trying to mess with and keep Amber occupied someplace else. And and then yet at the same time, okay, <laughs> I'll flirt with you. Who knows who I'll bug doing that? Who knows where this is going to go? <laughs> By itself, it's kind of funny. It, it is. And plus, Ebony has a habit of trying to attach herself to the guy who's showing himself the most leaderish of the group. And Bray currently is not doing that. Well, she knows Lex isn't leader material, so that leaves pride because everyone else to her is just nobodies. So you think it's kind of like a power play as well to try and... Yeah, kind I of. Just, I honestly just think she's bit. bored. She's <laughs> bored, you guys. <laughs> They've given this girl no real point of view of what she wants in the season so far. It keeps fluctuating. So right now she's bored. This is what she wants today mm-hmm. to cause a little chaos, I guess. And let's be fair, he isn't that without a shirt on. He's easy on the eyes. <laughs> it would annoy the crap out of Amber if she found out mm-hmm. that Pride and Ebony had knocked boots. <laughs> he would annoy the crap out of her. <laughs> Pride would never, but yeah. <laughs> well, he wouldn't, but you know how annoyed Amber would be if yeah. she came back and found Can out just- that... <laughs> Just imagine the look on her face when Lex tells her, because he absolutely would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Ebony would have had so much fun with that. And now I wish I'd seen it. I mean, not poor Pride. He didn't deserve it. But man, that would have been fun to watch Ebony just drive Amber crazy with that. Because Amber would have lost her mind. She would have. Mm-hmm. She would not have taken that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and you know that whatever Ebony does, it always has a reason. Whether it's just plain boredom and he's, you know, nice, a nice boy toy for the moment. Or it's the combination of having a boy toy and annoying everyone else. It, it just feels very ebony. Or maybe, once again, deep down inside, she is hoping that Bray still truly cares about her and that she can somehow make him jealous. <laughs> There's always that. Yeah. I mean, she's a teenager after all. Um, I'm hearing a lot of negative comments about Ebony right now, and I'm not going to stand for it. Well, I was being negative, so have at it. <laughs> Come at me, brah. <laughs> the chemistry between Bray and Ebony is amazing. It's nothing that we've seen before in this entire galaxy. If she wants, if today she made up her mind to say that she wants to be with Bray, then let's encourage it. <laughs> This is good for not only the series, but for all of us as human beings. Why wouldn't we fight for this? Why, why wouldn't we want this? You mean encourage it for the good of the tribe? <laughs> for the good of our souls. I guess the reason I don't encourage eBay, even though I love their scenes together and I love their banter and I love the back and forth, it can be a lot of fun. Um, and I agree, there's a cool chemistry between in there. Uh, the reason I don't encourage eBay is because I know that Ebony doesn't actually like who Bray is at the end of the day. 
Bray is so many things that she can't stand in a person. <laughs> you know, she Fine. wants him to be somebody else. And that's not love, you know. So that's the only reason I can't really encourage it is because I know she doesn't actually love him. She's infatuated. She's obsessed. But she doesn't love who he actually is. She wouldn't be happy with Bray. He would drive her insane. That's fine. All love is crazy. Toxic love is crazy, Carlin. And toxic love is what keeps people from coming back. <laughs> I'm for it. That's fine. You can like it. It's okay. I'm just explaining why I, I can't be behind you on it. That's all. Ebony's obsession with Bray is just, you know, her wanting the prom king. He's a prize to be won. It's the, it's the fact that he doesn't love her back. I think that really, it, it, it triggers all of her insecurities at the end of the day. She wasn't good enough. You know, the family she grew up in, it was always about win or die, you know, and it definitely shaped Ebony. Him not loving her back, I think, is just a massive trigger. She can't handle it. I think they owe it to themselves to try again. Just try. See what happens. They might be happy. They might not be happy, but it's more than likely they'll be happy. I told you before, I'm thinking. But about what? Or should I say who? Hey, leave it out, okay? Listen, Bray, you're not the only one hurting over a woman. And at least yours hasn't been held prisoner by a bunch of maniacs. Yeah, panel, what do you make of Bray's sulking here? And um, also, Lex's continued push to reunite with Tyson. Everyone else's feelings be damned. It's annoying. Sorry, but the man has a point. As annoying as it is, he has a point. Because Bray is just being a sulky little brat right now. He's being Bray. I, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's like, we call Trudy moody, but Bray is something else. Yeah, for once in my life, I agree with Lex on this. Wait, Rather wait, than wait. sit around and <laughs> gun up and do something. Actually do something. I mean, he just spent a lovely night with when he claims he loves. And yeah, sure, she went away for to gather up reinforcements. So why not make sure that when that woman comes back, everything is sorted to perfection. Everyone you ha already have there, the most ready state to attack. But anyway, hold on. Lex does. Lex just wants to attack straight away. He doesn't want to wait for any yeah. reinforcements to come. He he's, he's single-minded, as you said before in the previous episode. He just wants to get Tyson out. That's all he cares about. Obviously, yeah, Bray's being moody, but he can have a little moment to be depressed. Like he just lost again. The woman he loves, he just got her back. He doesn't know if she can come back, if she can be safe, she, if she's like going to be harmed. He doesn't know anything like that. So he's allowed a moment to be depressed. And Lex is like, yeah, yeah, just Tyson. That's all he's thinking about. So, I mean, the, the two aren't that much different from each other in their thought processes. So I don't think that's fair. No, uh... I, no I agree with you, Lance. Um, one of the reasons I like this scene is it's classic Lex and Bray. They are more alike than they're different in so many ways. You know, um, they are this argument is because they both think the same way. They're both yeah. hung up on the women they love and that's all they can think about. Bray isn't even thinking about his mall rat friends or poor Danny or anybody. He's just, and he has good reason to be sulking. I totally agree with you there too. I mean, it's not fun to watch. Sulky Bray's never fun to watch, but he has genuine reason to be feeling down in the dumps right now. Um, again, because they didn't resolve anything in their relationship, you know, um, so her going away, there's no sense of security that she's left. They didn't fix anything in their relationship. They're just together again. They never got to the root of why they were separated in the first place. And Lex, too. He is just zeroed in on his wife. Yeah, he makes a good point, but it's 
like you said, it's not because he cares about the rest of the mall rats or beating the chosen or it's just because I, I want my woman, you know, and <laughs> it's just Lex and Bray being Lex and Bray. I actually loved all of Lex and Bray scenes <laughs> in that episode because they're just being them. They're showing different. I want to say Lex shows a different side of himself, kind of. He kind of takes on more of a leader compared to Bray, who's just sulking over Amber. Mm-hmm. But I really loved um, Bray's comment. Uh, uh, he said something about, don't you understand the meaning of no? <laughs> I love that one. No, Lex doesn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. <laughs> Lex, Lex is still learning the meaning of no. <laughs> Will he have a learn? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, bottom line, I think Bray is feeling down because he just realized he's been used like a piece of meat by Amber and it was just a one night stand. So I can understand why he's feeling down. I think we've all been there, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to see this. Honestly, if I were Bray, I would be concerned about that too, because twice the love of his life has ended their relationship without discussing it with him. So he has no sense of trust now that she's going to do what she's off to do. He has no way to guarantee that Amber won't at some point while she's gone, decide their relationship's over and not even bother to tell him that. Or to come back. Right. You know, so he can't be sanguine about the fact that she's off doing something that's supposed to be for the cause and feel secure about it. You know, he's like, I can't trust that she will come back to me or that something else won't happen. Something she might hear about me and decide I don't want to be with him anymore. And I won't, I'll be the last to know. (laughs) I won't even be informed that I don't have a relationship anymore, you know? But the big question is why on earth did he allow her to leave on her own? She went with some other of her tribe mates. Yeah. Her other boyfriends. (laughs) But still, she made it pretty clear she didn't want him with her. You're needed <laughs> here, buddy. <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah, but if she feels he's needed here and he loves her so much, why not do something useful? Make sure you don't stay behind him. Hey? Because she's playing the game, Sabine. Just classic Lex and Bray. Um, you know, Lex is a doer. Doesn't mean what he's doing is always a smart thing, but he definitely is proactive where Lex, uh, Bray is more, he's more of a brooder, you know? Yeah, some of those things in it where you, it's like you totally get where they're both coming from, but they're both right and they're both wrong. I think I'm <laughs> more on kind of Team Lex for this one. You know, it's all very well so Bray saying, oh, you know, we need to plan, I'm thinking, but he obviously isn't. He's just sulking. So <laughs> obviously Lex is going to get annoyed about that. Had Bray actually been sitting down trying to come up with a plan, then sure... No, I agree. Bray just isn't do it, doing anything, and I get why Lex is fed up with that. Mm. Because the woman he loves is indeed captured by a bunch of idiots. And at the end of the day, Lex is an inherently selfish person. What he's concerned about is what everybody should be concerned about at any given time. You know, um, it's just true to who they are, the scene. That's, I think that's what makes it good, you know. I think we'd be more on Bray's side if it wasn't such a pain in the butt to watch him sulk. Mm-hmm. Be very careful, Tysan. Love and hate, two sides of the same coin. One can become another with the flip of a finger. 
Can you imagine what it's like to love with the same raw passion as you hate? Can you imagine that? Yeah. What do you make of the effect that Tyson is having on the Guardian? Tafa has a crush. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He has far too much power over him. Mm-hmm. It's rather annoying. <laughs> Sorry. I like that it's it reminds you that he is well, he's supposed to be a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of yeah. the day, no matter how many ducks he has in a row, no matter how clever or smart he is. He can be taken low by a pretty face, a girl. He just wants that girl's attention. He wants her approval. He's trying to get it. He's trying to impress her. And she's just like, uh, you need to get to my level. And you can see, like, he gets all defensive. Like, he, he, he's acting like a 15-year-old a zoot in this, this conversation with her, you know? And there's just something about seeing him be reduced to that. And then, you know, all upset because he didn't impress the girl that he likes, despite everything he's got, all this power. And she should be impressed, but she's, she's not. And, and he doesn't know what to do with that. I just think there's something about that. He seems as cruel and unknowing women as Jack was. It's like no girl ever paid attention to him in his life before, or at least not in in that way yeah i wonder if he's ever been attracted to a girl this way or attracted to anyone as a, aside from zoot this way you know um and want you know he could get zoot's attention um and then he could make up the, the make a fantasy of what their relationship was once he's with gone and this might be the first time since then he's become infatuated with somebody and doesn't can't speak her language he can't figure out what he can say and do to impress her. Zoot was probably a lot easier to maneuver, you know? Uh, yeah, what a weird couple. And I, I never really liked them two together. I don't think you're supposed to. I do find her, uh, her method to be a little interesting. I don't think I agree with it all that much. I, um, she, does she really think that she can get in his head and make him think differently? Seems a little naive for her. He, uh, yeah, I was going to bring this up, and like this scene, well, kind of, I felt a bit weird in this scene because like, the, what's happening here between Tyson and the Guardian? Like, is she not like aware of what could possibly happen? Like, they're still trying to figure each other out. Um, he's trying to figure out his feelings, and she's trying to see what she can play on with, with his feelings. But like, he, he's he's the head of the invading tribe. He could easily use his position, abuse his position on her. And I'm not sure Tyson is kind of aware of that. I don't know. What do you think? I think she's just very confident that um, she can get away with anything as long as he as he has his interest. I will say this is where I do think they kind of fall a little bit flat with what Tyson's doing because Lance, you just said it doesn't seem like she seems to understand the power imbalance here and what he could do if he wanted to. And they do seem a little wishy-washy with that. There are scenes where Tyson seems very aware that she could, should be fearful of this person using their power against her and like forcing themselves on her. And then there are other scenes where she doesn't seem to care at all or be concerned about it at all. I don't, maybe she's bluffing. That's possible. She's feigning confidence and control in the situation. But like, for example, when Lex sneaks into her room, 
right? The first thing she does is back off and say, if I scream, my, my, my people will come running any moment. She is clearly concerned about a chosen coming in her room at night while she's in her bed clothes and what that could mean for her. And then another scene where she won't be concerned about Jaffa coming to her room and he could do the same thing. So I don't know if she's bluffing because she, they do portray her as being aware that could be a concern and then yet have her play it as though she's not worried about it other times. Did yeah. that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I get you. I think um, for me, part of the problem is that they're like keeping it all so vague and mysterious with what she's doing that you, you never know quite what it is she's trying to do. And so you don't really know how to react to it. So, I, I, yeah, I find it very difficult to kind of decide how I feel about this scene because I don't really know what's what we're supposed to be feeling that she's doing, if that makes sense. Or maybe it's similar to what she was trying to do with Lex in season one. She used his sexual attraction to her to try and change his viewpoint on things. Like, she knew he wants me physically, and I'm going to use that to train him like a pup to be a better person. At least that was her goal mm -hmm. until it didn't work. And then she just <laughs> discarded him. Like, never mind, you're a hopeless cause. I, maybe she's trying to do the same thing with the guardian. Like she knows he's physically attracted. She knows he, she's got his interest. So maybe she's trying to use his physical attraction to her as a way to, you know, I don't know. She thinks she can fix him, mm. but this time she won't give up because she's evolved. Whereas Lex, she recognized that it was wrong to do what she did. And so now she's going to go hard or go home. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay to quit. <laughs> like she took it to the extreme this time. <laughs> she certainly does, yeah. <laughs> What's your problem, Casey? My problem is you. And all you sell-out chosen friends. The only decent one of you was Chloe. At least she tried to do something. I'm sorry about Chloe. It wasn't my fault you got taken away. Look, I've got to play the part, Casey. Yeah. And you're a really good actor. I'm sure Ryan's very proud. Yeah, pal, um, how sorry are you feeling for Casey here? You guys know I'm in his corner. This <laughs> poor kid. Mm -hmm. I feel really sorry for him because he's showing emotions. I, I don't feel like he's been showing so much emotions before. But this is his friend and she's got taken away and Celine doesn't care. She just... Mm claims to be innocent in it so i'm totally on casey's side and i get what how he feels it's just it's just ridiculous i just feel so bad for casey because he's the only one who seems to care at least from you know those on the side of the mall rats as he knows it I, I just feel bad for the kid i will say chloe's disappearance does spur something on in casey whereas last episode he was more despondent about chloe joining the chosen there was definitely more heartbroken edge to his energy. Like, how could you do this to us? Of all the people in this tribe, I believed would never do this. It was you, Chloe. And this one, there's a lot more mm -hmm. fire because he found out the reason Chloe is gone is because she was spying. And it lights something inside of him that he didn't actually lose Chloe the way he thought he'd lost her. Yeah, she pretended to join the Chosen and it was because she was trying to help us. She, You know, like there's a part of him that realizes that he didn't, lose her the way he thought he had and it it lights a fire under his butt like mm -hmm. i'm gonna figure out a way to do something similar i 
I just noticed his energy change. He's there's a more um not a defensiveness like i can't uh, offensiveness uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't i'm sorry i can't think of the word but his energy have definitely changed at knowing that chloe went down because she hadn't really betrayed them and there's a relief to that you can sense in casey yeah that's a really good point she's not like the rest of you you know she's not like you you know celine or may or what he thinks patsy is right now she was a true mm-hmm. mall rat you know you guys failed her. She did this because you guys failed her so hard. Question about Celine. It's a little offhand, but I didn't know if anyone else was curious about this. Now, Celine was adamant that nobody knows she was pregnant, right? And of course, I'm not going to begrudge her that. There are a lot of reasons you don't want to share that information with people. But I did think it was strange she didn't want the mall rats to know, especially after the Chosen had taken over. And they're all questioning her for why she's joined them. She's so quick to use the baby as her new excuse. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad excuse or anything. I'm not villainizing her for that. I want that clear. But I just thought it was strange that she's so quick now to use the baby as the reason. Anytime anyone criticizes her about joining the Chosen, she'll constantly bring up the baby, the baby, the baby. And it's like, why didn't you want them to know in the first place when that is such a good reason for joining the chosen you didn't want your friends to judge you you were so upset that they judged you if you had just told them you were pregnant they wouldn't have judged you you know um i just wondered what do you think her reasons were for not wanting them to know she and ryan were having a baby i think she didn't want people to think that that was a reason brian took her back Ooh. yeah i have no idea i'm not really thinking thinking about selena in this episode <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> I'm sorry, Celine, this is not going to make you look good, but <laughs> I kind of wondered if maybe her not wanting anyone to know that she and Ryan were having, was having a baby is because she was still kind of hoping that she wouldn't have to commit to the Ryan situation. You took my thought, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, she, 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 I feel like she's kind of denying it as much as possible because <laughs> she, she still has a... Was she denying it to herself? Yeah, because she still has a thing for Bray. <laughs> she never loved Ryan. Yeah. No. Wondering, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe she was willing to admit it when she thought that Bray was dead, but now she didn't. But after that, eh. Never wanted anybody to know. Not even Ryan. No. From the very start, you know? She was going for, if I can ignore it, it'll go away. I mean, we also have to ask the question of whether she was trying to think of whether she could get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Whether she like really wanted to have his child. Yeah, but if that was what she was wondering, what she was thinking, why didn't she just go to Tyson for some sort of just brute? Because it's a lot harder to act mm. on that she thought. Was, yeah, thinking about yeah. it. But... And I don't think she would have acted on that thought, you know? She can have it, and that's totally fair, mm. but I don't think Celine would have acted on that. She was, she'd be far more likely to try to foist that baby onto someone else like Bray mm-hmm. than to get rid of it, mm. at least in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you imagine if he had been stupid enough to let her into his bed oh, while she was pregnant? Do- he dodged a bullet so hard there. Mm-hmm. She would have claimed it was his. Oh, absolutely. She, she would have never accepted it was Ryan's. No. Ever. No, Never. no doubt. <laughs> nope. Like Ryan, Ryan, who? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know she absolutely would have passed that baby off as Bray's if that situation never happened. 
huh, why didn't she want anyone to know when it's such an easy excuse to use when people are judging you and you hate that they're judging you so harshly? Like, why not just tell them? She still didn't. It was Ryan who let it slip because he got sick of it. And she was she was still mad in that moment that he said anything. I was wondering what was going through her head. Maybe trying to be trying to be kind to Celine. <laughs> I'm not sure I necessarily believe this. Um, maybe she thought that if it did come out and it was a convenient excuse, then it it would be too convenient an excuse, and she would then use that as a crutch to like fall deeper and deeper into being part of the chosen. But she's already she was already doing that just be, between she and Ryan. Mm. Whenever Ryan questioned her, she brought up the baby, the baby, the baby Ryan, the baby Ryan. Mm-hmm. We're doing it for the baby Ryan. Ryan, the baby, the baby needs good food. Ryan, Ryan, the baby. Yeah. So I don't think she has a problem using it as a crutch. No, fair enough. I tried. I'm sorry, Celine. <laughs> hey, good shot, dude. Again, I'm not. I'm not trying to villainize her. I'm just. You know, it's just spit knowledge and how to figure it out. Well, I want to villainize her a little bit because <laughs> can we just talk about her reaction to Chloe's disappearance? <sighs> her defense was just, she was just pleading her innocence in the whole event, but she didn't have a spare a thought for Chloe in that whole scene. Like, that's, oh, that was awful, I thought. Yeah, it's really bad. She is surrounded by other chosen, in fairness. Yeah, she is. So she can't even spare a thought for <laughs> Chloe being taken away? Not even that publicly. Not even a little, oh, sad even, she's gone. Or, uh, like, I mean, nothing? even if she wouldn't have done that publicly, you later see her alone on the bed. She's not crying about Chloe, though. She's worried about Ryan's choice of clothing. Yeah, that's true. Not about <laughs> Chloe being taken. I think it's definitely just speaks to Celine. As a person, um, Celine definitely thinks of herself first and foremost. There's a scene, and I think it may have been last week or the week before episode, where Ryan is upset that Chloe has joined the Chosen, and instead of wrecking, you know, acknowledging that it, it makes sense, he would be upset about it and be concerned for her. Um, all she can be like, all she could do is make it about herself. Like, oh yeah, Chloe's too strong. Unlike me, your weak, pregnant wife. You know. Um, <laughs> So the fact that she does, again, make this about her and her innocence and doesn't seem to care, I, get, I understand her not expressing it verbally that she cares, but there's no, there's no twitch in her face, nothing in her expression that shows that she's worried or sad for Chloe's fate at all. I think it's just that Celine at the end of the day, unfortunately. She hasn't worried about Chloe's safety through any of this. She's not even worried about Patsy, even though it was her idea for Patsy to join. Mm-hmm. She behaves as though it serves Chloe right for trying to play that game. That's how she behaves. Almighty Zoot, we thank you for guiding Patsy through her initiation into the Fifth Circle. Uh, yeah, the creepy chosen ceremony. So Trudy leads a ceremony to initiate Patsy into what they call the Fifth Circle of the Chosen. So yeah, let's dive into that. What do you make of Patsy's outfit and the ceremony itself? I feel like we didn't get to see much of the outfit. Like, you just see a cloak <laughs> or a hood or whatever. I would love, love to, see, to have seen a bit more of it. Yeah, I agree. We, we see 
just such a tiny bit of her outfit and we just get told that she's busy making preparations now we see such a small tiny fragment of the ceremony i i truly would have loved to see more of that like uh, i just opened the youtube uh, on the, the episode again and you only see her wearing a cape so you don't see mm-hmm. what is underneath that cape is it a pretty something or is it just the regular clothes with the yellow thing oh i assumed that this was you know the ceremony after which patsy would finally get her blue chosen robes because she's finally becoming a full chosen member i just think it's strange that patsy and chloe are the only ones who joined who actually are elevating through the chosen ranks the way that you're supposed to like may get i i get may i understand what's going on with may the guardian's just using her you know, to do his dirty work that his chosen can't ever see him participating in. I get that. But like, for like, for example, you have Celine, who there's never any talk about her being elevated and learning the studies and moving up Hmm. in the studies. You know, I think it's weird that Patsy and Chloe are the only ones they do this with. I would have liked to see more of this, the phases of becoming a chosen. Mm Mm-hmm. And these are the only two they do it with. And I'm with you, Sabine. I would assume this is uh, the fifth circle means you finally get your chosen robe and become a chosen. Why do nobody else have to, none of the other novices do this? You know, we never see it. There's no pressure put on Celine to do any of this. There um, is a conversation she has at one point with Luke where he says she's ready for it. Mm-hmm. But then she's, she says she's worried about Ryan. Yeah. So they do address it for Celine and why she's not doing it. They do, and I think it has to do with how dedicated they seem. You know, for Patsy, it makes sense. She was before, she's come back to the fold. She knows the drill. She knows the things she's been fed, and they think they've fully won her over. Well, I, I would have liked to see more pressure put on the novices to do that because it seems strange to me that the chosen would be totally okay with a novice not committed to moving up in their ranks and being dedicated to the chosen that seems very odd to me yeah no, it, it, it is odd to me um especially considering the the, the like the situation with them taking in babies for the chosen like they, mm-hmm. you feel like they, they would have pushed her in a lot yeah. quicker <laughs> but these are younger children yeah, maybe they're more of a priority. They're they're more of a priority, and they they're still seen as little children. They haven't been spoiled by the the grown up world. Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. It's an argument that yeah, you you can mold their thoughts easier. You know, if you look at religions, children get more access more quickly in a lot of places because they're born into it, or the tra- the transgression from you know just starting out as an office to being a full-fledged member of the community can go faster than when you're a grown-up you know late teen who has already had a lot of different experiences mm-hmm. I agree with that i just i still think it's a missed opportunity to not show that being a novice it's not just enough to say you you're willing to listen to the word and then just float in that safe sphere where you're given extra food and not as many duties. Mm-hmm. It just seems like I would have preferred to see the novices put under a bit more pressure to 
continue proving their dedication and at least making an effort to wanting to be more because then anybody could just say, okay, I'll be a novice. It means I don't have to do any work. I don't want to. It means I get fed and mm-hmm. all I got to do is wear this yellow robe and go to prayer meetings. Who wouldn't do that? If <laughs> You know, like that's really easy to just get a bunch of people who don't believe in your cause. If you're not pressuring them or pushing them or making it feel a little perilous to just hit, sit in limbo, you know? Hmm. I mean, they're letting May be around the divine child, and nobody feels that they should be pressuring this girl to, you know, at least prove that she's... Yeah, it's just a little strange to mm-hmm. me. Uh, missed opportunity. It is strange. I'm just glad that at least with May, they mentioned that she was going to a prayer meeting, whereas Celine just feels potatoes, or, well, supervised feeling potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she probably said she couldn't do it because she was pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the toxins from the potato <laughs> peel. Raw potato, it's bad for you. Um, I mean, and really, I mean, we have to talk about the framing of this scene because it was obviously quite obvious that Sarah Major wasn't in this scene. Mm. So, like, do, you, do you think this was a scene that they realized they hadn't included when she left and then they realized they had to film it? Like, it was very odd. Possible. Yeah. I tried to listen, like, she says, I do, and that's her voice. But I can't recall having heard her say I do in prior uh, or earlier episodes. So obviously they have had her voice, but did I just edit it in? Yeah, it sounded like ADR to me. That's what it felt like, yeah. She was obviously not in this scene. Um, It's like they they realized I had to include this scene, um, but she had already left, so they had to go film it. Yeah, Yeah, I felt a bit odd. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the more natural thing would be to show her face, like when she's hesitating. Yeah. And mm. Trudy says something, and like uh, show her face how she's reacting, but we get nothing mm-hmm. because she's not there. I just think it's an odd choice to film this scene rather than a scene that shows her being taken. Same thing they didn't do with Chloe. That's mm-hmm. weird. Yes, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, Weird choice. Because they, with this scene, they proved they could do a scene with, without the girls, hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. why didn't Chloe and Patsy get a scene showing that they were doing something they weren't supposed to and got caught? Yeah. You know, why show mm-hmm. the ceremony? Why do we need to see the ceremony? Especially when it doesn't matter because she's yeah. going to be gone. She's gone. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Well, I think because they made such a big deal of there being a ceremony, and the fact that they later mentioned um, Patsy's punishment would be worse than Chloe's because she was already initiated. I think that might have had something to do with it, with them promising us a ceremony and then not completely not having one would have been weird as well. Mentioned there are scenes with Patsy after this. She this isn't she's not gone gone, you know. So mm-hmm. that's. Mm-hmm weird that this is filmed the way it is when we are going to get Patsy in other scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite gets. a few scenes after this. Yeah, I was like, for a second I was like, wait a minute, Patsy has a bunch of scenes left yeah. before yeah. she's I gone. Yeah, double take. It's like, oh, she, she's not gone yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's not <laughs> gone yet. Mm-hmm. It must have been filmed mm-hmm. out of order. That's the, that's the only kind yeah. of... And they've just edited. They always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they like, they realized they they'd written the ceremony in. They'd filmed the scenes after it, and then they realized, oh wait, now she's gone. She had to leave, and then they hadn't filmed that ceremony scene itself. So they're like, okay, we have, we have to add it. Mm-hmm. 
maybe they had filmed it and there was something wrong with it. Or there was a cameraman in shot or something. Yeah. That's another possibility, yeah. But if they had filmed it, they could have had uh, close-ups of her face. Yeah, of her face. That's like, just to edit, add that in, yeah, splice that in, like... We are confused, you guys. We thought, no, 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 seriously, we thought this is a big ceremony until she gets her chosen robes. And then I'm really thinking, she never gets her chosen robes. Yeah. She's still in the yeah. novice robes after this. Oh, yeah. so what, what is the importance of the fifth freaking circle? They film it. It's so ominous and so important. And she's still in her yellow novice robe after this. That's true. That's why we need more information about the chosen and their ceremonies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we needed way more because they act like this is so important, but nothing seems to change for Patsy after this. I mean, she gets a tiny bit more freedom, but no more than Celine has. Yeah, I didn't really know. That's true. It doesn't change anything, no. really. <laughs> it, it gave her confidence. That's what it did. <laughs> Patsy, the confidence to go full spy, and she does bless mm-hmm. her heart. Maybe that's all this did because at the end of the day, this ceremony doesn't actually seem to mean anything. No. Yeah, the Chosen stopped being... I mean, they still explore the cult ideas very well and how that affects people. And I will always give them props for that because that they handled incredibly well throughout this entire season. But the Chosen as an entity and the threat that they actually are, I feel they just they just drop the ball. They are just an obstacle, you know? Um, and there's just so much more we could have learned about them and keep up that sense of threat there really isn't. There's you're really in no danger. Just chill. Just chill in your room until you have to be called to a work party. They're not even frisking you. You know how much food you could sneak back. There's, you can sneak everything back, including a laptop. Actually, I feel sorry for you. Me? Well, when this is all over, when the chosen are beaten, and when the guardian joins his chosen pals in Zoot Heaven, some people are going to want to settle some old scores. And guess who's going to be top of the list? And you'll be selling the tickets, right? With a tear in my eye. Yeah, Colin, this is the sexy scene you've been waiting for. Um, <laughs> what, what did you think? Dude, well, first off, first off, y'all are making too much of a big deal out of this. They're sparring. <laughs> this is what this is what you're supposed to do. If anything, it's reminiscent to that amazing scene we saw in Mister and Mrs. Smith with the exact same chemistry of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. This was great. This was obviously just sparring and. Um, I don't know why Pride stopped him. He wasn't going to do anything. This is what they always do. Thank you. You told him he was going to jump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing was going to happen. This is what they do. Their their chemistry. I'm not saying all of it, but like a good sixty percent of it is just like frustration, right? Physical frustration with each other, and that's fine. Um, I just, I actually do like the scene a lot. My only. Um, I, I, lo- I love the choreography between uh, Ebony and the first guy she's fighting. I thought that was well done. Uh, we rarely get very good choreography in the show. And that was a nice fight scene uh, between those two. I thought that was cool. Uh, aside from the fact that everybody fights with sticks in the city now, eh, you know, that's okay. I just, since when does Bray fight? I just think this is funny that he gets up there. Like, she picked him, of all people. Let's show these kids how it's done. And I'm like, Ebony, when was the last time you saw Bray fight anyone? <laughs> anyone. The only reason she wanted Bray to show them how it's done with her was so she could have something to do with Bray, which might involve physical contact. Which I'm totally fine with, but he shouldn't be able to fight. We know Bray can't. <laughs> The only time you see Bray fight 
is back in season one with Triumph Circus attacked. Like, that is it. <laughs> He's not allowed to fight because it's not sexy. <laughs> uh, so him doing his little fighting stance, I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> you spent an entire season, you weren't allowed to fight or be in any physical conflict ever. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this would have been a little bit more realistic if they would have used pillows instead. <laughs> but that's just me. Oh, it's his, it's his big secret. He, he, that's what, what he's, he has been doing when we haven't seen him. He just hit him in the back of the head. It works every time. <laughs> I, I'm watching that scene and all thinking it. Why on earth does Bray always instantly lose every fight if he can do this? Why doesn't he ever show he can do this except when it's to play around with Ebony? Yeah. Can he only do this when he's near Ebony? Like, ignoring all of that, I do like seeing the physical manifestation of the rage she's brought down upon herself. She has pushed him this mm. far that he gets physical with her. Think of all the things that Ebony put him through. Mm -hmm. And this is finally the time where Bray is like, I want to kill you. That's how angry I am. She has done so much damage to this guy yeah. and he he never did anything to her the most he ever did was give her a, a verbal slap you know and that's it this time he he's he gets physical we don't see Braid doing that so again in its own bubble it just says a lot and i like the visual of how angry he is it's just simmering and it finally explodes here and she's so shocked by it probably because she's gotten away with doing so much damage to him and bray has never actually gotten her back or done anything back to her he always ends up forgiving her blah 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 and for the first time she is paying the piper with him because she's been in denial about how angry he is at her. Mm -hmm. I like that. She just thinks, hey, Bray, spar with me. Everything's cool with us, ain't it, man? <laughs> <laughs> he said I could stay because I was only going to stay with the Rebellion if Bray said it was okay. And he said it did. I was. So he can't really be upset with me. Bray's never really upset with me. And this time he <laughs> is. And she's like... What? She had the shock Pikachu face. Bray, mm -hmm. right, no! <laughs> Girl, you had this coming. Are you crazy? <laughs> she absolutely had it coming. He let you live after what you did with his niece, his basic, his sister-in-law. Like You tried to kill his tribe guru. You tried to frame the, the light of his life for it. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Mm. And you pretended you buried his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean... Mm. How much Not you get the picture he showed her? Uh, oh my Amber. goodness! <laughs> Telling everybody I abandoned my imaginary baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he slept with my brother. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> you dumped me and slept with my brother. <laughs> this all started with her dumping him. <laughs> no, the frustration is uh, definitely justified. <laughs> he's the last person you should have picked to play with, Ebony. But just to pick up on what Colin said earlier, like, do you think Bray would have ever really done the killing blow? He, in that he, moment, no. I think... He stopped himself? I don't think he would have, not in I that moment. Would... I don't think he would have killed her. I, he yeah. wanted to hurt her, though. He would have severely blow. injured her. I, I, that's, yeah. I, that's why Pride stopped him, because I, like, I don't think Bray was thinking, oh, I'm going to kill her. Phys I'm actually going to end her life. I think he just didn't care about what damage he did to her. Pride recognized that. 
you know, I think he was going to bring that thing down on her. Mm. She probably would have survived it. But the point is, this isn't what sparring is. We're not trying to do damage to each other. And it's clear that that's where Bray was. He already had her down on her knees. When you're sparring, there's an agreement. Once you've disarmed the other person, that round is over. Bray did not care. And Pride mm-hmm. saw that. He's like, you're trying to hurt her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was consciously thinking about what he was doing. He was just blowing through in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. He got a chance to attack her and take out his anger. He just wanted to see her sweat, <laughs> as we all do. <laughs> oh, she was sweating. <laughs> yep. She was shocked. <laughs> I like the moment after with Lex because I think this starts the wheels turning in Ebony's head. Like having Bray hulk out on her for the first time because he never has. Not like this. Oh, he's made threats. He's gotten loud. He said mean things. But she's always been able to, you know, wheel him back in no matter how bad a thing she's done to him. I think this was a wake up call for her that this may not all end as well for her as she thinks because she's. Bray has always been her ally, no matter what she's done to him. And Lex is pointing it out, girl, you've even lost him. That's how bad you've messed up. Without Bray as your ally, what are you going to do when this is all over? And it sets the wheels in motion for what she will do to ensure her safety when this is all over. Mm -hmm. I almost feel bad for her here because, again, she's her own worst enemy. And I had a very toxic relationship with my first love as well. And I couldn't get past the fact that our relationship was over. And I fell in and out of infatuation with him. And it would get ugly. And we we wouldn't talk to each other for a while. But then we'd always make up. And everything would be great. And we'd be buddies again. And it would inevitably end up the same way. Same way. And this went on for a good five years, I guess, from the day we met. And then finally, I pushed it too far. And he made the adult choice to exit my life permanently and it because i just had gotten so used to that being our cycle and i was young and immature and self-serving that i didn't recognize that i couldn't push this person like this forever like this can this couldn't stay our cycle something was going to have to give and finally one night it 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 gave and uh that was it and i knew i knew i i recognized right away my guilt and that there was no way to repair i thought i, I held on hope i thought i could repair it somehow but he was like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this dance with you anymore we are unhealthy for each other and that was it so i've been there watching ebony do this you know that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode so having covertly managed to somehow get their hands on a computer Alison and Ellie print out a resistance leaflet and show it to patsy however we end the episode with the knowledge that luke has seen them so yeah, uh, what did you make of the cliffhanger? Uh, I find Alice and Ellie incredibly stupid for both sitting at a computer with their backs to the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you're doing something illegal. Shouldn't one of you be keeping watch? That's one thing. Uh, and the printer, it kind of makes a lot of noise. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Why didn't anyone come in sooner? <laughs> And, and and why show it if you don't want to blow her cover? Yeah, and why does she have the same red mark on her cheek as the rebels? Mm. It's a dead... It's a giveaway. It doesn't make sense. How, why would you have the computer set up so that if anyone just looked in the door, they could yeah. see it? <laughs> you know, like... 
why isn't this like on the floor behind a table? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And place the door so no, so you know it's people up there. And and this once again shows that this scene was absolutely you know already shot before they did the whole ceremony thing. Yeah, I find it a bit disappointing. Now, we have Alice and Ellie willing to endanger the youngest members of their tribe by pushing them into the Chosen and being spies for them. They've already lost one, and these two don't care. And the second one's out there in danger. And it's like, okay, so what are you guys doing? What is your big plan in this resistance? Yeah. And I'm like, flyers? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you get the paper and the print? Yeah. The package wasn't big enough to include both a printer and a computer. I, I just kind of assumed that they got all the, the, the bits of the computer like in parts and then put it together. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't first kids kids when they come back from the work party? Are you serious? <laughs> no, there's some of the things they had to have brought back to get that set up that would have been yeah. noticeable. The laptop yeah. is thin. Fine. You don't notice the laptop. But they obviously had to get a car battery to power this thing. Yeah, you know, they had to get the printer. They mm -hmm. had. If you're saying they got the stuff in bits and pieces, some of these pieces <laughs> would have been noticeable. Okay, I just don't. I cannot yeah. believe they're not being checked after being out there. Even if you're just being petty and you want to make sure they didn't steal food, you're yeah. not checking them for anything. Yeah, and remember, they're supposedly chained as they're being transported <laughs> exactly <to and> from <laughs> locations. <laughs> mm. And I was like, I maze flyer. And hers is just a way. Hers was just a way to get her hands on the rebels for Jaffa. Mm -hmm. Made more sense. It's propaganda, yeah. you yeah. know. But theirs is just d defeat the cho. Like, are you serious? This is what you guys are doing. This is your contribution. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just you're, you're just killing terrible. trees at this point. Like they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. Why have they gone to all this trouble mm -hmm. to get a computer, but just to print a flyer when they could just write it on a piece of paper? Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. Spray painting this stuff, like, and they look so pleased with themselves when it comes out as well. And, I yeah, know. And, oh my and, gosh! And, and still, and this is oh, the part with the computer is still this tiny part that annoys the heck out of me. Brian knows, and Alice knows. KC can get his little grubby hands on anything they can possibly think of. Yeah. Yet they go through all that. To get it themselves. Sally and Andy printed T-shirts to promote the the, mm -hmm. the Supreme Mother. These guys just <laughs> printed a sentence, and they're like, "Yup, we're bringing them down." And it's just like, "You are way too proud of yourselves for this." And so I found it very disappointing. So it's like, okay, what are these girls working on? What are they cooking up? What is their contribution going to be that's going to put them in danger? And it's this, <laughs> really? Yeah. It would have been great if they were, like, printing propaganda cartoons that made the Guardian look really awful. <laughs> the Guardian in his women's Yeah, home? stuff like that, you know what I mean? But this is, it, it was very disappointing. I should have done something that would really tear the Chosen down and not just try to spread hope. Yeah, but this doesn't even spread hope. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, even something as simple as, oh, Bray, Bray is alive, don't believe the lies. You know what I mean? Something simple that yeah. could a little bit Amber of Amber lives. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, don't know, they don't really know Amber, but they could say, yeah, Bray is alive. You know what I mean? Like, they don't believe the lies of the Chosen. Like, that would have given at least a bit of hope. But, yeah, that message was just, just tame and dull and pointless. <laughs> like, they could have been real Reddit trolls. The Chosen eat babies. You know what I mean? Like, just 
go off and say the most ludicrous, horrible, like reputation damaging things about the chosen. If you're going to risk being out there and sneaking these flyers out there, that's what you should be doing. Not this yeah. lame stuff. And Ellie should know this. She ran the amulet. Exactly. Mm. She knows how important a headline is. Out of touch. It was I was just like I was hoping for so much more. Her spirit jack is gone, so she can't write anymore. If you're gonna go through all this trouble, all this risk to get this equipment, what they printed out needed to be it needed to be something more. It needed to be impressive. Mm-hmm. And this was just like that's it. That's what you guys are willing to get caught for. You wanna at least use a bit of clip art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as for Luke spying, it's telling that he doesn't instantly go in and stop them. Does anything ever come of that? Um, later, when Ellie gets caught posting these lame flyers, a predatory but- relationship is what comes of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just think about it. He, these girls with this flyer and Patsy standing there with them. I was going to say, there's no yeah repercussion for Pat- knowing Patsy's a spy. Yeah. Patsy who just, you know... Um, Joined the fifth circle. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's huge. That's massive, yeah. But we later hear him say that he, you know, to get Chloe into the mines, blah, blah, blah. But it's that he, he wasn't quick enough with Patsy. But, I mean, clearly, he should have an opinion on this. It's odd, yeah. Comes incredibly emotionally compromised by being in the mall and actually dealing with resistant uh People who are resistant to the chosen cause. I wonder if Luke has ever really had to do that before because he falls prey to being close to these people and not wanting them to be punished whenever they mess up, which is interesting since he's such a devoted chosen. He should already understand it's what needs to be done. But we see his sympathies for the uh, Supreme Mother. We see that he tried to save Patsy. Um, he and he should be thinking she's a tra- yeah she he should be thinking she's a traitor you know he's incredibly sensitive to Celine um, the only person he seems to be really irritated with is like Casey and May but everybody else he you know he tries to protect Alice when she's throwing a tantrum at the food line like I don't I kind of wonder if the only people that Luke has actually encountered in this kind of way have been people who were quick to join the chosen and hasn't actually had to deal with the everyday person who would be afraid and resistant and not really want this and have it forced on them, you know, because other people in the past, people went to the chosen voluntarily, you know, they were people who wanted it. And this is the first time that a bunch of people have been literally forced to do it. I wonder if that is affecting him and his loyalties. Like seeing the reality of having this forced on people. No, they they don't go into it gladly and they fight it in their own ways. And he's very sensitive to it. Just interesting. It's one thing to be told they'll be glad. They'll accept Zoot into their hearts and stuff. But then to see, you know firsthand no they're they're not they're just scared and they don't feel they have a choice you know and their loyalties are divided and but the only people he tries to protect are the people who are um, trying to protect others or claim they protect others because he can tell casey and may later on they're in it for themselves but celine celine has the baby chloe and patsy they're just children they're scared 
LUL, she's hot. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> from his point of view. But yeah, I th- I, and I think that's a difference for him there because even Ellie and Alice are, you know, trying to look after their group, whereas the other two are just trying to better themselves. So I do think he respects that people do the, respond certain ways because they're fighting for some for something bigger than just themselves. Helped if we got to see more of the chosen teachings, mm-hmm. so we could have a better understanding of what these kids actually are being told to believe. Because Luke often mm-hmm. uses the teachings as a way to explain why he's being so merciful and understanding, or he could just be cherry picking parts of their teachings so that he feels better about whatever he's doing that's possible too <laughs> well that is what most people within religions do yeah i don't want to punish this pretty blonde girl so i will pick something in my religion that justifies it you know you never punish a blonde because all the blondes are good no? and yet i'm about to backhand alice because she's pissing me off <laughs> 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 i've been a good cliffhanger if something came of it but nothing does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Luke does nothing about this. They don't. They're not in danger. Nobody's watching them. Their room doesn't get raided. Patsy doesn't get berated. Nothing. Nothing comes of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not much of a cliffhanger at the end of the day. No, I would have at least liked to see Luke struggling with himself about what to do with this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been nice. It was. It was uh, this was kind of boring, to be honest. Or clarify what he actually is seeing. Like, what's in his line of sight as yeah. he's looking into the room? Can he see the yeah. printer? Can he see what they're doing? Or does he just think they're in the room talking? And he's trying to figure out what they're talking about. Like, it doesn't help that we don't really know what Luke <laughs> mm-hmm. is actually seeing. He, he must have heard those 90s printer. Very loud. Echoing in the mall corridors. <laughs> He just says, oh, let them have their little luxuries. (laughs) I was laughing watching it because I was like seeing how slow it was as she was trying to take it. I was was like, oh, I miss those days. No. (laughs) Yeah, that was a premiere printer, given the time. Like what the average printer you would have found at that time. Mm -hmm. They they had the best tech. No, no, no. They had the tech that Jack accumulated. So... The stuff, uh, you know, at the time when they were handing out the antidote, they could get hold of anything they wanted. So yeah, they but had this, a decent printer. But they made it clear that this wasn't the this stuff was that what they grabbed. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is stuff they grabbed. This isn't the stuff that they got during season two. This is stuff they had to collect to do this. So it's hard to believe they were able to get such state of the art mm-hmm. stuff in that desperate situation. Because wouldn't it have been funny if they were like, we need a computer, but the only thing anyone could find him was like this bulky Mac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Like, <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to sneak that back into the ball? Under your skirts, Helen. <laughs> Clench your thighs as you're walking back. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> that brings series three, episode 13 to a close. Thank you very much to our panel and guest podcaster. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we will see you next time for episode 14. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.